Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hopefully you can hear me. That wasn't a good start to the show. I managed to cross, press the wrong button on my phone and actually cut myself off, which is never a good thing when the show's just about to start. So apologies for that, but I'm here now. <laughs> So today, <laughs> we're talking about flexibility in the workplace to improve employee experience. It's radio show 303 from Engage Success. So we're going to be talking to uh, the University of Salford about how they've been developing greater flexibility and principles to consider in making decisions on flexibility to enable colleagues to really make their best contributions to the organization. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice and we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website engagesuccess.org you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today, who's probably been wondering what I've been doing at this end, is Anwin Botwa, who's Associate Director of um, People Strategy at the University of Salford. Hi, Jo. So welcome, Anwin. It's not going well so far. So start by telling us a bit about what you do and a bit about what you're um, involved with at the University of Salford. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, Jo, I'm the Associate Director for the People Strategy Team. And um, People Strategy Team is absolutely looking at those kind of core pieces that are important to the overall um, employee experience that colleagues have at the university. Um, we've been brought together in the last year to really focus on all things that really underpin um what it feels like and what it's like to to, to work at the university. Um, there's lots of work underway um, and flexibility is one of those areas that we're looking at. Lovely. And I'm, I'm intrigued about um, the employee experience versus engagement piece because there's always quite a lot of sort of conversation yeah. about are they the same, are they different, does one come first, how, how do they fit together? What, what's your sort of thought on that in, in your role? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a really interesting topic and an interesting debate. Um, from my perspective, I don't think um, employee experience is the same as engagement. I think it links very much more to the overall employee journey um, and the experience that people have every every day at at the in their roles or in the university wherever they're working. Um, and it's about how they feel as part of that and what impact that has on their abilities to perform their best every day. So I think it's much broader so it sort of than the engagement. The, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it sort of wraps the engagement as part of it, but it's part of that sort of completely. bigger piece. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so let's talk a bit more about employee experience and, and why it's something that the university has been focusing on. So I, th I think it's it's definitely something we're trying to bring to the organisation to think more holistically about the experience that people have every day um, in work. Um, and we're trying to kind of look at it from all aspects of what does it feel like to be an employee every day that they are here and part of the work that they're doing at the organisation. 
were several models that are out there that um, it's definitely worth um, people having a look at and understanding about what that means for them and their organisation. And we're having a look at um, the development of our people strategy through the lens of these core areas that are influencing employee experience, whether that's meaningful work, whether that's looking at the environment in which we consider their development and their growth, but also in terms of the leadership um, activities that take place in the organisation. And is that something that's quite commonplace in the university sector at the moment, or you sort of it sort of feels to me like you're probably leading the way from the sort of things that uh, I think I've, I've read on the topic. There's, um, it's it's definitely, um, I guess, a, a new topic rather than a thing necessarily. Um, whereas maybe engagement <laughs> is a, is a ma- is, yeah, absolutely. Maybe engagement is more of a. Um, a an activity to to take place whereas I think experience is is more of a topic and it's looking at all the aspects that that impact on people's working lives um throughout the 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 employee journey um that takes place um I you know we're really in our infancy in terms of looking at it in this way um and I think as a sector it's definitely a conversation that is starting to take place more in terms of considering the whole employee journey that that is happening um, we've got several challenges that are happening uh, within the HE sector um, and I think it's important and the role that HR plays within that is really key in terms of getting the organization to consider that whole piece with with it with our colleagues um, and it's very much considering it much more from the employee experience first if we can get our, our people in a great place, that will have a positive impact in terms of the impact for the students. And I guess that's no different than some of the, the thinkers we've seen like Simon Sinek, et cetera, who look at kind of considering the, the importance of leadership and the um, experience that colleagues have within the workplace and what that means for the overall delivery of services. And clearly there's, there's business support for for that, bearing in mind you're a sort of department, people specifically looking at that. What what do the biz, what does the business see specifically as the benefits? I, I think you know when we say it's important, the whole employee experience and so on. It's still sort of a, an HR perspective yeah. on it, if you like. But what would the business be saying if I was talking to them now and asking them why why it's important to them? Um, I think they would be looking at it in terms of, and and this is what we hear back from them. We want to understand how we can positively impact what happens for our students. So actually, by having that discussion around how we deal with our students and how we go about delivering for our students, we have to consider how we operate as an organisation. But that also means the environment that we create for our people. So again, you know, early, early stages of getting our organisation to think differently and to consider different ways of working. But when you think about some of the things we've done recently, such as um, implementing our sulfur behaviours, so it's and and what that means in terms of our leadership approach, lead leading at all levels, so as an individual versus up to how you lead your organisation, um, it's positive steps to think broader than just what are we delivering today for us, our students. It's how we go about delivering that. Mm-hmm. And we said at the beginning of the show that that we're talking specifically today about some of the work that you've done around flexibility. Why is that important to the the whole employee experience? 
Um, I think when you look at um, some of the models around employee experience, but also if you look at some of the research, for example, that CIPD is doing into kind of um, positive working lives um, in the UK, flexibility is very core to, to those themes and the research that's coming out around those. So if you think about um, a model, for example, presented by Josh, um, Josh Burson around employee experience, some of the core aspects that he's identifying through there, flexibility actually connects with all of those. So for example, meaningful work, looking at autonomy, actually, if you enable people to think differently about how they work, that is providing much more autonomy. So I think there's, there are real benefits for looking about how flexibility unlocks um, employee experience across the board. Mm -hmm. And so what does that then mean in terms of Salford and, and higher education? Well, I'm, I'm already sort of thinking some of my experience of working with the universities, you've got your academics and then I can never remember what the sort of non-academic professional services. Yeah, they're quite different, aren't they? They have quite sort of different needs but already the, the sort of academics are probably they feel more autonomous I would guess anyway how, how does that work with that sort of structuring in your sector yeah it's a, it's I've been in the sector for just two years now so I'm fairly fairly new and I've been working in um, very commercial organizations prior to that um, and I guess my insights when joining Salford was around looking at how HE sector is operating and it's it's not a critique but it's from my my insights and my observations there are there are challenges with um, a very command and control type approach um, quite traditional in some ways um, and I think if we look at what's happening in the world of work and if we look at kind of the changing nature of work so we've got five generations in the workplace there is a different way of needing to look at um, work and the skills gap um, and, and that's that's a challenge for us as a sector. Yes, there is more autonomy and more flexibility possibly within our academic areas. So how do we look at mirroring that across our organisation so that what our customers, our students start to experience is where they're developing their skills for the world of work. They are seeing mirrored in the environment in which they're learning those things as well. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for us as a sector, and, and that's why we're considering it very importantly here at Salford, is to consider that flexibility, that agility. Um, and this is one way to start developing those skills across the organisation. Lovely. So, so tell us more about how that has, has, has manifested, so the, the flexibility perspective um, and yeah. how you're implementing what you've implemented to to help to develop that yeah so if I give you a bit of background so um, about a year or so ago the executive team were wanting to, cons to to look at how do we bring to life flexibility more within our organization um, and I've put together a, a kind of positioning paper in terms of the value and the benefits of flexibility, but also looking at it more broadly than that and how it connected with um, the investments and pieces of work that we were underway with. So we would be making significant investment in our physical estate, our campus, but also in our digital estate as well. So how could we really support um, enabling 
the adoption of, of that investment, um, but also make, maximizing the benefit of that investment as well um, for our colleagues um, and creating a, a, a different working environment for them. So our positions within that, that we needed to consider some, some flexible working or, or agile working principles as they've evolved into. And that's much more about having principles for decision making rather than having necessarily the rules that are associated with the, the, the legal entitlement to flexible working. So the principles we've developed aren't necessarily about that legal entitlement to flexible working. Obviously, that might evolve into some of that, but this is more about creating a, a more pro, proactive discussion and conversation about how do we enable our colleagues to perform at their best and what does that mean for in the environment in which that they work in? So much more about the working uh, structures and, and, and ways of working than, as you say, about the legal. Than the legal. I think also sometimes that, that whole flexible working from a sort of legal point of view, it became, it didn't really sort of market the concept of flexibility very well anyway, did it? No. People, some people saw it as a real problem as opposed to the the uh, the opportunity that, that it perhaps um, yeah. gave us. So, and there is a need so to have some structure. What that means. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And don't, don't get me wrong, this isn't brushing aside that legal entitlement to, to request flexible working, but this is about a mindset and a growth agenda within our culture within the university rather than just going through that legal approach to flexibility so this is about a broadening of that mindset and, and that consideration of how's best how is it best for me to perform today and what's the right environment for me to do that in rather than it just be about i need to work from x to x so it could be that on any given week you are working differently depending on the needs of of your week but there is absolutely a need to consider that kind of more structured approach, which works better for some people as well. And that is about enabling them to be at their best. So it's about not having set rules or ways about about how that should operate. So should I maybe share with you those principles that we've developed? Um, and then maybe I can talk to you about how we've implemented that into our HR team. Yes, please. That would be great. It would really start to sort of bring that to life in terms of how you might implement something like this. Yeah, absolutely. So the, we've we've come up with seven principles, and these principles really are to help um, leaders and individuals. This is a, this is a joint thing to consider the the best way for them to take forward flexibility. Um, we've called them agile working principles, and the reason we've called them agile working principles is we wanted to almost step away from that legal flexible working piece but you know that they they work across each other so this was to try and get it more into that principle space rather than policy space so the first one is about being outcome focused so this is this is about it not being time or place dependent this was about trying to move away from that presenteeism um, and promote that culture of trust so if I've had great conversation with you about what's expected of you, your requirements, your goals, actually let that drive where or how you're working today or tomorrow, rather than it just being about you being at your desk from nine to five. So that's that's the first one. The second one is about making sure that we're considering the customer, the student, the team that you're operating with um, in terms of the decisions that are being made so that it's not just about the individual themselves, it's about considering everything that fits around them 
in terms of the decisions that they make. So if you know you're going to be the only person available for customers to contact that day because there's other people on holiday, then probably you should be making a decision to be available for that rather than taking yourself off to do something in some quiet space. So it's, again, it's just about promoting that thought process around where's best for me to be productive today. The third one is around this should I be... Love that. I love the fact that that's still a decision to be made by the individuals as opposed to, you know, some organisations do... I don't know, flexi time and things, and they, you know, they have yeah. core hours, and they and they really legislate to cover that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I love the fact that it's it's still within the the, the individual's decision, sort of. Um, yeah, and 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 that's about how do you create that autonomy and that trust, and that that's about helping to drive mm-hmm. some of that. We might not be able to move away from that yeah. entirely, and I think that ties into number three, which is about this is for it for anybody. It's not a perk. Um, however, we ha- we have to consider those point one and two as part of that so if you're a security guard or if you cover reception there are some probably key outcomes around what you're required to do as part of your role that mean probably you're not going to be working from home and and it's about just (laughs) taking that into (laughs) absolutely taking that into consideration Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's applicable to everybody but it has to be applicable to the circumstances in which you're you're required to deliver um so that that's that's where where we look at it from that perspective. Individualized is, is number four. So everybody has their own preferences on how they work and how does that tie into those first three? But also, I, I, I find myself that I can perform really well when I work from home because I'm able to focus on certain activities. However, I manage a team of seven direct reports and although I might have the technology to be able to work with them remotely, there are times when I need to either be showing up for meetings or co- connecting with colleagues face to face. So I'm not going to be working from home Monday to Friday, but I will create the time to enable me to focus on things that I need to as and when I need to. And it, and But just as much as there are colleagues who hate working from home, <laughs> there are distractions at home that don't suit them. And therefore, actually, it's about them about saying, the no, this works. <laughs> yeah, things like that. Or if they've got other members of their family who work from home as well. And actually, does that create the right yeah. environment for them? Some people like the getting in a yeah. car and getting to the office and doing my work and then getting back in the car and going at home again. And that's cool. Um, but it's about making sure that there's some personalization, individualization within that. In terms of the, the fifth one, that's enhancing colleague well-being. So how can we incorporate that into, into that? So if I can start earlier because I miss the traffic or leave later because that makes it easier as well, that, that can contribute to that. If I can change the pattern I've got that helps me be more effective and have a positive impact on my well-being but still deliver my outcomes, how can we facilitate that as much as possible? In terms of the, the the final two, so the the sixth one is digital fluency. So how do we make sure we're using and adopting our our digital infrastructure in the right way and our technology to enable that? And the, the seventh one is about it being mutually beneficial. This is a two way street. These principles. So it's I think and maybe if I I I link this with flexible working legal requirements. A bit your comments earlier. Sometimes that can feel like a bit of a one way process. This is about it being a, a much more open, much more proactive space, which is about enabling an individual to be their very best, but also that it's within the that remit of ensuring we're delivering what is required of us as individuals as well. So that's that's where we've got to with our principles. 
we are starting to work at embedding those um, within our organisation, but it's challenging. And it's it's we started by um, trialling it and piloting it, I guess, within our HR team, um, because this is a new way of working. People have been used to more standardised policies, um, and this is about actually creating proactive conversations about how do I perform my best today. So that does challenge some people where they've been used to maybe managing by presence rather than necessarily on outcomes. And therefore, we've got work to do with with our leaders and with our colleagues in terms of how we focus as much as we can on the outcomes required of individuals and how we set them best, set them up best to perform really well. Um, so that's that's our aims with our principles. Um, shall I move on to talk about how we've been piloting it and what we've what we've learned from that? Yeah. So, so yeah, we've piloted. I think the, the challenge with this is always how do you turn the principles into real life behaviour? Because we always yeah. have that ingrained. You know, some people, you know, some leaders are really into presenteeism, and regardless of whether there's a policy that says that that's not what you want them to be. Yeah you know aiming for and you want it to be about outcomes it's still really difficult to change people and their natural sort of style isn't it so yeah absolutely share how you've been how you've been trialing it (laughs) absolutely so i you know naturally i understand those reservations and those concerns that that some of our leaders have but also some of our individual our colleagues as well some of the challenge you know how do we help um fair not be the same you know we we might have to deal with people differently or consider different situations and just because we're not able to offer colleague a the same as colleague b it, it doesn't mean it we're not treating people fairly so i think we've got some interesting um culture and and change activity to do there but we wanted to start um in hr because we wanted to demonstrate leadership in this space we also wanted to test it a little bit and see what we would learn from that. And it felt safer, I guess, doing it in yeah. our own back garden um, than going beyond that um, whilst we started talking to, yeah. to colleagues about it. But also we'd gone through a significant amount of change within our team. So um, I was new into role about 15 months ago, as was my colleague and my peer colleague. So we wanted to see this as an opportunity to really help shift some of the experience our own colleagues were having and how they were feeling about working within HR. We wanted them to be much more focused on what they were delivering rather than necessarily just being at their desk. And not I'm not saying that's what was happening before, but we we knew from them that they weren't as satisfied in the working environment as they could be. And we, we saw fle- flexibility, this this more proactive way of considering work as a way to to support us with that. So the approach we took was to share with them that this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to think differently about ways of working and we wanted them to think more about the impact that they were having and their performance and how we that the way they worked would support that best. Um, and we took an approach of not this not being about you must come and ask for. This was about going out into the team and have proactive conversations about, okay, how do we enable your best performance and what does that look like in terms of ways of working um, and use those principles I guess to help us have those conversations not necessarily go through those principles as a checklist but they were there as to help to help us with that decision making and those conversations that we were having with colleagues so we introduced that kind of the back end of last year 
Um, and people have been getting used to working in that way. And it's still, you know, it still takes a bit of um, braveness, I guess. I still think there's sometimes still some stigma <laughs> with flexible working, which sounds crazy in a way because it's just so empowering for people. But I think there is some stigma around, yeah, I'm doing a compressed week. What what does that feel like? And then what's the impact of that? Or, um, yes, I need to leave at a certain time because I need to go and do X, Y, and Z. I think there is still stigma in the in the working environment around flexibility. And I think we need to still break some of that down. So I think we've been wrestling with that a little bit within HR as well. But we took the opportunity to do some research with one of our third year students um, a couple of months ago, and it allowed us to ask the team some questions around the impact of introducing this more flexible approach, these agile working principles. And we got some fantastic feedback from them. Um, and that was about, actually, this has improved my work-life balance. I'm feeling that I have more control over my work. It's improved my mental health. I'm feeling more productive. I'm feeling more supported. And these are all positive indicators around employee experience and in terms of job quality. So I think we're on the right path. I think what we now need to do is is hold our nerve with the organisation and start to bring this to life for the organisation. But I also, in my energy and my desire to get this done, need to realise that we've we've got to take our time with it. And we've got to allow our organisation to evolve this way of working and this this approach to thinking about outcomes first rather than presenteeism and, and what does showing up really look. So that's for me, I think this is a, a piece of work for over the next three years, really, to get this really embedded properly. Um, and I think that it deserves yeah. that time and that respect, I guess, to get it right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I love I love the line you know we've got to hold our nerve. I could see how they you know there can be so many times in these sorts of program changes or organisational changes where it starts to feel a bit like you know we've taken on too much or is this ever going to work as we want it to or or whatever. Um, but having seen some real benefit from it, as you say, it's about sort of pushing through where those challenges arise, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think yeah. you can apply that to all change activity, really, can't you? But I think with this, yeah. it feels okay. like it, it will in, unlock so many other things. And we've seen trust mm-hmm. improve across the team. It's allowing us to have much more effective conversations around mental health. It, it really is changing the way the culture feels within our team. Lovely. So I hope you'll book to come back in either next year or the year after and let us know how you've got on with it i'd really love to to hear yeah um, how i'd be really happy to yeah brilliant thanks so much Amber. it's been really interesting talking to you and so really looking forward to how things uh, move forwards with with your organization and uh, and this, this you know this big change you're going through so thank you my pleasure thank you for inviting us so just to let you so just to let you know, next week I'll be back talking to Julie Gibson about engaging employees for retention and advocacy. So I look forward to speaking to you then. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.